0: As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Well, it's back to school season for so many kids, for so many students, for so many teachers. I was talking to a teacher out in the lobby a couple of weeks ago, she's a math teacher, and she was teaching me how to do multiplication with my hands, with my fingers. Do you know this? Everyone, let's do this together. Everyone, hold out your hands. So, hopefully, you've got some thumbs and some fingers. Hold out your hands. And your thumbs are sixes, your pinkies are tens. So it's six, seven, eight, nine, 10. Can you do that? Okay, so now here's how you do the math. Okay, so seven, so it's six and seven, pull it down, times nine, so then it's six, seven, eight, nine. How many fingers are down? It's six, that's 60. Three times one is three. Sixty plus three is sixty-three. Nine times seven is sixty-three. Do you see that? So just to show you that it's not a gimmick, let's try it again. Here we go. So let's do let's do uh, uh, eight. So you got eight. So six, seven, eight times eight. So, you how many fingers do you have down? You have six fingers down, then you have two times two equals four. That's sixty-four. Eight times eight is sixty-four. It seems really complicated to me. (laughs) But if you're a kid, I'm sure it's a lot of fun. But it works. So talk to a math teacher as it relates to that. We're talking about multiplication today, but we're not talking about math multiplication. We're going to be talking about spiritual. Multiplication. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Acts chapter 6. We're continuing our series entitled Together on Mission. That's who we are. We're together. And hopefully, we're not just together, but we're together on mission. We've been looking at the values of our church. We have five values, and we've been looking at different New Testament characters who exemplify these values. Week number one, we looked at the woman at the well and that she was one to worship. And then we looked at the woman who anointed Jesus before his death, and she was blessed to invest. And then last week, if you were with us, we looked at Saul and his conversion, and that he was saved to serve. Today we're going to look at the 12 apostles and how they were matured to multiply. So we're going to look at four characteristics of an individual, of a believer who is matured to multiply. So if you're taking notes, you got sermon notes in front of you. If you're taking notes, four characteristics. Let's start here with this. Characteristic number one is people who are matured to multiply care for the needs of others. Well, where do we see this in the text? Starting in verse one. Now in these days, when the disciples, who are the disciples? Disciples are followers of Jesus. Here at High Point, we would define a disciple as someone who believes and belongs to and becomes like Jesus. Jesus. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, that the church was multiplying, the church was growing, lots of people would say, scholars would say, the church at this point is over 20,000 people. So as the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arises. A complaint comes by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews. Who are the Hellenists? The Hellenists are Greek-speaking Jews. The Hebrews were Jews from Palestine. And the complaint that they had was the Greek-speaking Jews had a complaint against the Jews from Palestine because the Greek-speaking widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. The widows weren't getting their food. Was this a legitimate concern? Of course, it's a legitimate concern. The problem comes when a concern becomes a complaint, and a complaint can divide a church, right? So let's think about this together. What are some things that can cause division in a church? Let me suggest four of them to you. Number one is this, theological or doctrinal issues. Here at High Point, we major on the majors, minor on the minors, but all things in love. Did you get that? On the major's conviction... On the minors, tolerance, liberty, diversity, but in all things, love. Is it okay to disagree about some theological issues? Yes, it's okay to disagree. But when we disagree, let's disagree respectfully with one another. Maybe you're here and you're wondering, well, what is the doctrinal beliefs of High Point Church? We've just put together a brand new growth group series that's releasing this fall entitled 90 Day Theology. We're looking at eight essential doctrines that influence our thinking as well as our living. It's not just what we believe, but it's how we behave. It's not just orthodoxy, but orthopraxy, how we practice what we believe. And so, if you want to learn more about uh, doctrinal issues, come and be a part of 90 Day Theology. We're doing this in our men's group, but we're doing it in a lot of other groups as well. Our women's groups are going to be doing a very similar study entitled Everyday Theology. So, if this is a season you want to go deeper in your understanding of who God is, and not just understanding him uh, more, but understanding him more deeply for yourself... I encourage you to get into a growth group. So one thing that can divide a church is theological or doctrinal issues. The second thing is this, personal preference issues. Can I tell you a secret? People in the church have opinions. Did you know that? (laughs) People in the church have opinions. They have opinions about the color of carpet, the color of walls, the color of chairs. They have opinions about the kinds of songs that we sing and the volume in the worship center. They have opinions about ministries. And is everyone entitled to a personal opinion? Yeah. Of course, everyone's entitled to a personal opinion. The hard thing about being a leader and being in leadership is needing to make decisions that are best for the whole and not for the individual. And so I love it when we're a church where we have different opinions, but we're willing to lay aside our personal preferences to pick up and to believe what is best for the whole. Another issue that can divide the church is philosophical or methodological issues. So the mission here at High Point is never gonna change. We are a church that believes in the Great Commission. We're about making disciples. Our mission isn't gonna change, but our method about making disciples can change. And I'm glad that that's the case. I don't want us doing the same methods that we did 10 years ago. I want us to be thinking new and fresh. I want us to be thinking about what's working, what's not working. How do we make what's not working work in a better way? And so know that we're always constantly thinking about our methods, but methods can divide a church. And lastly is this, systems or scalability issues, and I think that's what's happening here in Acts chapter 6, that as the church grows, it needs to have a system to scale, to care for all the needs that are in the church, including the widows who we certainly care for. So I hope that you understand this, that it's unhealthy to have an expectation that Pastor Ron is gonna care for everyone in our church, especially as we multiply to new locations. You understand that? It's unhealthy to think that I and Pastor Dave can care for everyone, even at this location. What's a better method? A better method is to multiply leadership so that we can multiply Ministry. So, true confessions, I failed algebra. I did. I had to repeat algebra, and I was very disappointed after taking algebra twice to learn that I still had to take algebra two. I thought that because I took algebra one twice, that that was the same as algebra two. So, I am not good at math, but I can do this math that the more people who are serving means more people are being served. The more people who are discipling, the more people are being discipled. The more people who are caring, the more people who are being cared for. Are you willing to care? Are you willing to care for others even in this room as Pastor Dave and I seek to care for you? Yesterday, we gathered together for the summit. It was an amazing time. Camille and I led one of the breakouts, and we introduced an acrostic. It's called CARE, C-A-R-E, connect, assess, respond, encourage. This is what it is. We need to connect with people. We connect with people with empathy and with listening and with questions. Connect with empathy. It's entering into their story, It's entering into their life, being willing to cross the road and to care for them, to connect with them in empathy. We do so by asking questions. We do so by active listening. A is to assess, assess what the situation is. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, it says this it says that we're to carry one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. All of us are carrying burdens here in this room. We all have different burdens. We have emotional burdens. We have relational burdens. We have physical burdens. We have financial burdens. We have spiritual burdens. We all, care, we all have burdens, and we are called to carry one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? To love God and to love each other as yourself. And so as we carry one another's burdens, we're fulfilling the great commandment. And then it goes on to say in Galatians chapter six, verse 10, it says, so then as you have an opportunity, do good to all people, especially those who belong to the household of faith. So are we to do good to everyone in our community? Of course, but in doing so, the verse is reminding us as we're caring for people in our community, let's not neglect caring for the people that are in the household of faith. And so as we have an opportunity, do good to everyone. What's an opportunity? An opportunity is a need and an ability to meet the need. Are you able to see some of the needs that are around? And then do you have an ability to meet the need? Well, I don't know that I have the ability. No, we don't have the ability. God doesn't use the ones who are able. God uses the ones who are available. And when we're available to his ability in our lives, then we're able to help others. So connect assess respond with hope with grace with truth. No matter the situation there is always hope because of Jesus there is always hope. I thought I would get more of an applause for that. No matter the situation there is always hope because of Jesus there is always hope. And sometimes people find themselves twisted up and sideways and they don't see hope. We can come alongside and we can respond and we can provide them with hope. And hope doesn't come from our personal opinion and our human advice. Hope comes from God and from his word. And so we help people to see truth from God's word, but we do so in grace. It's not grace or truth, but it's grace and truth. And then E is this, E is to encourage. Encourage by praying together. Just stop being right then and there and praying. Encouraging a next step or encouraging a care plan, helping them to get connected to a group or connected in uh, to hope group. Lots of different things to apply in that acrostic. But if we could begin to understand that, if we could begin to live that, it would transform our groups. And if it could transform our groups, it would transform the culture of our church. And it would multiply our ability to care for people, connect, assess, respond, and encourage. So what's the point here? We're in this uh, point about people who are mature to multiply care for the needs of others. Are you willing to care for the needs of others? I'm so thankful for High Point Cares and for our care center and how it provides Uh, resources, relationships, referrals for so many people. The Care Center has a food market, it has legal advocacy, it has uh, care advisors. The Care Center is doing so much. I'm so thankful for Ashley Eichmann and for the Care Center team. Can we give it up for our High Point Cares? And then on Thursday nights, there's a group that gathers together here in this building. It's called Embrace Grace. Do you know about Embrace Grace? It's a ministry to women who find themselves in an unexpected and often unwanted pregnancy. Can you imagine how scared these women are? We provide a setting to come alongside and to walk that path with them, throw a baby shower for them, and love on these women. I love it that we're a church that cares. David mentioned Hope Group. If you're ever around me, you know that that's a passion of mine. Why? Because we're seeing hundreds of people every single year experience hope in suffering and struggling because we're caring for the emotional, relational, spiritual needs of people. And Hope Group has multiplied. It's now in five of our locations. It's expanded and revised in um, new addition even for this upcoming year. If you want to get a front row seat to life transformation, join us at Hope Group. It's more, it's more than a support group. It's a discipleship group. We're going deep into God's word as we go deep into the lives of others. All that to say is that High Point Cares, it's not just a slogan that's on a box truck that drives around town. But High Point Cares is a reality. But in order for high point cares to be a ra- reality, has to be a team effort. So as we are mature to multiply, are we willing to care for the needs of others? Let's see the second characteristic. The second characteristic is this. People who are mature to multiply maximize their giftedness. So let's pick up the story. Remember, there is this complaint that's happening in the church that the widows aren't being cared for. So how are they going to go about solving this? And then the 12 summoned the number of disciples, the full number of disciples. So who are the 12? The 12 are the original disciples, but remember Judas? <laughs> Judas is no longer uh, with them. And so they added Matthias in Acts chapter one. So now the number is back up to 12. And so when it says the 12 summoned the full number of disciples, it might be that it's all 12 of them together in a room, or maybe they're pulling together even more into that room with the disciples. We don't really know, but we know that it's you know, all hands on deck. They want to solve this issue. It's important to solve. So the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and they said it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men, and notice here's three things, good repute, full of spirit, and of wisdom, and appoint them to this duty. So let's think about these uh, three characteristics. Number one is uh, that they are to have good repute, that they're to have a good reputation, not just inside the church, but also outside the church. That they're to be full of the spirit, that um, as believers, we are baptized into the spirit at conversion and when, when we are baptized into the body of Christ. But Ephesians chapter 4, verses 18 tells us that we need to be filled with the Spirit. It's a command, it's a continual command, and it's about control. That when we are filled with the Spirit, the Spirit is controlling us. We can resist the control of the Spirit in our lives by quenching the Holy Spirit. That's what 1 Thessalonians 5.18 talks about. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. How do we quench the Holy Spirit? We do things that the Holy Spirit doesn't want us to do. And then Ephesians five 530, it tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? It's not doing the things the Holy Spirit wants us to do. And so we want to be filled with the Spirit. These men were filled with the Spirit and with wisdom. Over the summer, we did a summer series entitled Summer of Wisdom. I hope that we're growing in wisdom, that it's not just something that's in the past, but that we're growing in wisdom this fall, and into the winter, and into next spring. And so these men had three things in common, good repute, full of the Spirit, and full of wisdom. And so they appointed them to this duty. Why? So that they could devote themselves the disciples, the apostles, to prayer and to the ministry of the word. It wasn't that the apostles didn't want to serve at the tables. It wasn't like that was something that was beneath them in any way. But they didn't want to neglect something in order to take care of something that was neglected. Does that make sense? And so what's the solution the solution is to get more people to be involved. And this is what Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 says is as the body of Christ as each does his or her own part it builds the body it builds the body in love. Are you doing your part? The Bible talks about spiritual gifts. If you want to read Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, it lists out all of these different spiritual gifts. And if you understand them in the context, it's all about in the body of Christ. It's the eye and the ear and the arm, and it's all about the body of Christ. And so God has given us spiritual gifts not to serve ourselves, but to serve others. And it's not to just serve people in the community, although we want to serve people in the community. God has given us spiritual gifts so that we would serve each other in the body of Christ. Last week we talked about this, save to serve. Did you know this? Get this. Get ready to applause that 67 people who were not serving last week signed up to serve by the end of the service. Is that not amazing? Quick math is it was like 28 people. Like, I want to be a part of the host teams and help be greeters. I, we had 10 people. I want to help in worship and production. We had like 14. I want to help care for kids and, and be with students. We had 10 people sign up to be a part of the care center. We had people a part of ops, lots of different ways to serve. It's not too late. It's not too late for you to get started serving. Why should you serve? I want you to hear this. This is really important to hear. It's because I want you to be able to experience the immense joy and growth that comes from serving the Lord in a ministry that produces abundant fruitfulness in your life, as well as in the life of the church. Did you get that? That I don't want to steal you from the joy and growth that you need to experience in your life that serving is a part of becoming like Jesus. It's a part of discipleship. Think about this mature to multiply graph here on the screen. You can see the access, the vertical, and then the horizontal, the maturity in Christ and years in Christ. As you grow in your walk with Christ over the years and in maturity, it's up and to the right. You think about New believers, that's what it is. But at some point, you begin to plateau. What causes that plateau? Well, there's probably a couple of different reasons, but a primary reason is because it's all about coming to church to be served and not coming to be a part of serving. And when you start to serve, you begin to go up and to the right again. That's why people who serve in kids' ministry are like, I don't know what the kids are learning, but I am growing so much by serving in kids' ministry. They're growing in a way that others aren't that are just coming and sitting in a chair and leaving. Does that make sense? And so that's what our heart is for you is that you would be able to experience the immense joy and growth in your own life. Maybe you were serving at some point and you stepped back, you stepped away, you stepped out of ministry. I know a lot of people did that, you know, we're coming out of COVID and I can understand some concerns in different seasons. But if that is you, would you be willing to step back in? And to step back in isn't because there's a need in the church. The need is in you. That God has given you spiritual gifts to use. And we want you to maximize those so that you can experience joy and growth in your own personal life. So you can see on the handout, you can see there's a QR code. You can go to that QR code even now as I'm speaking. And you can check some boxes and you can sign up and serve. So if you've been on the sidelines... Get off the sidelines and get in the game as a coach, I want to put you into the game. Would you be willing to get back into the game well let 's continue on in um, to our next point that we have. Point number three is this: the people who are matured to multiply discover, develop, and deploy others so let 's continue on in the story. so remember there's this complaint that arose between the Hellenists and the Hebrews. They're trying to care for the widows. How are we going to solve this? Well, let's appoint uh, some other individuals to help care uh, for these needs. And so then they appointed. Here's the people that they're going to appoint starting in verse 5. And it pleased the whole gathering and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, Philip procure. Is, am I saying that right? Do we have any babies in our nursery that would have that name today, do you think? Nicanor, anyone have an Uncle Nicanor? Timon, Parmenus, Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. And these were set before the apostles and they prayed and they laid their hands on them. These are the first deacons. The word here in the Greek is deacons. I'm so thankful for the deacons in our church our elders give spiritual oversight our deacons care for needs in our church we have deacons that are serving in finance deacons that are serving in the care center with a facility with IT a lot security lots of different ways that our deacons are serving can we thank our deacons for serving And we don't know a lot about all of the deacons here in fact 5 of them they're only referenced here but two of them are referenced other places in the book of Acts. You've heard of Stephen, of course. Stephen became the first martyr. Philip, if you remember the story with the Ethiopian in the chariot and explaining the book of Isaiah to the Ethiopian and then baptizing the Ethiopian, that's this Philip. So here's the point. The point is this, let's go back to the screen about develop, discover, develop, deploy they were discovered, they just jumped in and did what was needed, and in doing that, they were developed, and then they were deployed into other ministry. So the end game wasn't just them caring for the widows at the table, although there's great dignity in that, but as they were doing it, they became developed, and Stephen and Philip became great evangelists, Where it starts is raising my hand and saying, I'm willing to be a part of this. I want to be developed. I wanna be developed as a disciple. I wanna be developed as a leader. We gathered together for the summit. It was an amazing day uh, yesterday. But development isn't just about coming to an event, but develop is a a lot about being on the job. Pastor Dave talked earlier about that. This is Group Connect out in the lobby afterwards. We got all these tables, we've got popcorn. I'm smelling the popcorn even now uh, coming into the worship center. Looking forward to hanging out together. Are you in a growth group? If you're not, you can get in a growth group by the end of today. Weren't these amazing leaders that we had up here on the platform? I'm telling you, they are super friendly and kind and godly. They would love to have you be a part of their group. Well, why do we get into a group? Because we want to get out of rows and we want to get into circles. And we want to grow spiritually and relationally with one another. That we want to become like Christ. So one of our methods in discipleship is in groups. So there's two categories of people here in this room. Did you, did you know that? Here's the two categories. You're in a group or you're not in a group. (laughs) I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. It's self-identifying for yourself. You're in a group or you're not in a group. Whether you're in a group or not in a group, would you commit to giving some extra time? We're going to wrap up the service early. Would you commit to giving some extra time in the lobby before you go out into your car? Why would I say that? Yes, I love that. Why would I say that? Because it's for everyone. If you're in a group, go hang out and meet some other people and invite them into your group. But You don't have to be a group leader to do that. Did you know that? So let's go be a friendly church community out in the lobby. And if you're not in a group, look at all the different options. But don't be that person that wants to just go to the car dealer over and over and over again and never make the purchase. Just sign up and be a part of a group. Maybe you've been in a group before and it was a disaster and you got hurt and you didn't like it. I'm sorry about your experience. Don't let your past experience hinder you from what God wants to do in you this year. And so all of us, in a moment, we're going to have an opportunity to go out and to mingle and to interact with one another. And maybe if you're not yet in a group, you'd be willing to get into a group. And maybe you are a group leader. Are you looking at who's in your group and developing them and deploying them so that it's not just, I've got this mega group, but that you would be deploying people in your group and celebrating that so that we can minister to more people. That's the point that we see here in the text. And the last point is this, that people who are matured to multiply fulfill the great commission. Here we are at the end of the passage. You still with me? Verse seven. And the word of God continued. I've circled in my Bible the word. I've seen it three times already. So it's important in uh, the book of Acts and in this Story that we have in front of us. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. The word of God continued to increase. When we're faithful to God's word, fruitfulness will follow. We see this all throughout the book of Acts. You can see some of the verses that are streaming here on the screen that as they were committed to receiving the word, that people responded to the word. And day by day, the word was going forth, that we want God's word to increase here in this worship center. We want God's word to increase in our kids' ministry. We want God's word to increase in High Point students. We want God's word to increase in our growth groups. We want God's word to increase in our homes. We want God's word to increase in our lives. And as we allow God's word to increase in our lives, as we're faithful, fruitfulness will follow. Well, what is the Great Commission? The Great Commission, of course, is Matthew chapter 28. We see this here in the text. And all authority, Jesus said, has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. There's a lot that's going on. So what is the main verb? Is it go, as a baptized teach, or D, all the above, or none of the above? What do you think? It's a trick question, right? It's none of the above. What's the main verb? The main verb is to make disciples. Well, how do we go about making disciples? It's as we're going. Baptizing has this idea of people coming to faith, evangelism, teaching them to obey as discipleship. Here at High Point, we want to be a church that has that balance. Evangelism and discipleship. Think about an airplane. Think about two wings of an airplane. If it's only evangelism and there's no discipleship, it's going to be in a tailspin, right? Right? but we don't wanna just be all about discipleship and not about evangelism. We want to have that balance. And so that's the kind of church that we desire to be. Again, it's helping people believe in, belong to, and become like Jesus. In this series, we are talking about our values as a church. On your way out the door, you're gonna have an opportunity uh, to get a bookmark that highlights these values. You can see these values on the screen, one to worship, blessed to invest, saved to serve, matured to multiply, and next week, found to find. But before we get to next week, let's just review what we've talked about here today. People who are mature to multiply care for the needs of others. Are you caring for the needs of others? What could you do to better care for the needs of others? We suggested some things in this message People who are mature to multiply and maximize their giftedness. Last week we talked about save to serve. Are you still on the sideline? Have you stepped away? Is it time to step back into the game to maximize your giftedness? People who are mature to multiply, discover, develop, and deploy others. If you're in a leadership role, how are you developing and deploying others? Maybe you're here and you're not yet connected, but you're like, hey, put me in. I want to like be developed. This has been given to me. They're going to sign up. And be a part of a growth group even today. And ultimately fulfill the Great Commission. The Great Commission isn't to be a disciple, but the Great Commission is to make disciples. And to make disciples is a team effort. And that's why this series is entitled Together on Mission. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this story, even in the book of Acts about how there was a need and there wasn't the neglect of the need, but there was a desire to see that need met and to see that the church didn't just go to church, but the church rose up and the church was the church and the church cared for each other. Oh God, would that be true of this church, High Point Church? God, would the truck as it drives around town that says High Point cares. Would that not just be a slogan, but that may that be a reality. May we care for everyone, even in those that would be in our growth groups. So those who are timid here today that aren't sure about even getting into a group, God, would you give them the wisdom? Would you give them courage even to uh, look into that even today? And so God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for how you speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.